0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 220 of the Juicebox podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Omnipod, Dexcom, and Dancing for Diabetes. You can learn more at myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, or dancing the number four, diabetes.com. If you're looking for the greatest insulin pump in the world, the best CGM man has ever made, or the most wonderful diabetes organization on the planet, These are the places you'll want to be. There are links in your show notes and at juiceboxpodcast.com if you can't remember the links I just provided. In this episode of the podcast, I'll be speaking with a CDE who also has type 1 diabetes and was diagnosed a little later in life, but is living with type 1 for quite some time. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, to always consult a physician before making any changes to your medical plan or becoming bold with insulin. This episode was recorded a few months ago, so for those of you who have been missing Basil snoring in the background because he's not near me anymore when I record, you're going to like this one because that little dog is like oh, in the background. You'll, you'll hear it, trust me. I'm gonna ask you to introduce yourself and I want you to consider this before you do. I don't know what you're going to say or how comfortable you're going to be saying it, but because okay. because you're a CDE, a nurse practitioner, you work with people who have diabetes, I'm looking for some real like honesty from you. So if you wanna be anonymous, that's fine with me, or if you think that your honesty is not gonna get you in trouble at work or anything like that, do whatever you want. So you can use your first name, your first your last yeah. name, we can make up a name, I don't care. What can I'm,
1: we decide at the end? Sure. I don't know what I'm going to say. No, you know? that's
0: perfect. And I'm leaving okay. all this in where I just asked you about your name, too, because this is this is exactly what I want. So, Okay, so we'll have to make up a name for now. Oh, you can call me Laura. No, it's- no, no, you ruined it. <laughs> oh. I was, I was going to call you Barack. And so... Oh. <laughs> okay. So, my heart. Okay, so, okay, Laura. Um, you're a CDE, a nurse practitioner, uh-huh. and I know nothing else about you except that you sent me an email that pretty much indicated to me that you were excited about how we talked about diabetes on the podcast. And the reason we're getting you on so quickly is because it is my um, it is my very you know not so private goal. To reach every CDE, so I can stop doing the podcast. I would like <laughs> I would I would like everyone to think about things like this in a way that they tell newly diagnosed people, so that a whole new generation of people with diabetes aren't scared, and I can use my free time for something else. So um, that's that's my goal. But but so, just tell me a little bit about yourself. Do you have type one? If not, how did you end up working with it? Do you have any connection with it at all besides your work?
2: Um,
1: well. Yes, I have type 1 diabetes and um, yeah, I was diagnosed in about 1994 and uh, so under 25 years but more than
0: 20 years. I had it at 24.
1: Oh good, you're better than me, I know.
0: May may (laughs) I I very quickly? I went 94 out of 10, I got to 2004 out of 10 more, I was 2014 then, then I knew that it was 2018 and 8 and 4, right boom, like that, I was right on top of it, so Cool. Yeah, oh, please. You have no idea how smart I am now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so 24 years ago when you were mm-hmm. in the what range of age?
1: So, oh, it's fine. I was, um, 31, I believe 31, 32, okay. 31. And I was pregnant.
0: Oh, so did you, did it start as gestational or did you have type one immediately or how did that go?
1: Well, it was really interesting. I, um, was diagnosed with gestational, but in fact it was really my diagnosis for type one. Okay. Okay. During my pregnancy.
0: So do did, did those two things mimic each other and then they just assumed because you were pregnant, that's what was happening or.
1: Yeah. In fact, they, I was considered gestational diabetes completely, and um, I never, and I was at a major university in Florida at the time, mm-hmm. which um, it was um, I had great care and you know, everything. And basically, they never had me check my blood sugar after I delivered, and so I went along my merry way thinking that I just had to do insulin during my pregnancy, sure. and um. Thought, oh, you know, after I had our first son, um that was it, and then um it was a it was actually after I stopped breastfeeding at about ten uh months um that I started losing weight and uh i just the total typical signs that I tried to ignore. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was thinking, Oh, this is great. I'm, you know, getting my, I'm better than my pre-pregnancy weight, you know? And I, it was, I've heard you tell the story like where people always have this diagnosis either on vacation or Mm -hmm. holidays. Well, it was Christmas Eve and I had some time off from work and I, uh, checked my blood sugar on this old meter that I'd had 10 months earlier, been using for pregnancy. And I was, 800 and or no 600 I know how you lost the weight yeah (laughs) Yeah. I was oh I had gotten this box of uh, Christmas caramel from home from family in California Mm -hmm. this was like popcorn and nuts and it was all caramel and I ate I ate the entire little package and lost three pounds overnight and I was (laughs) like wow I'm on to something here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, something's wrong. Something's wrong. As a matter of
0: fact, I'm going to have another baby and lose 15 more pounds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, I look like I'm starving. I was just bones. It was not pretty. You're a smaller Um, frame,
0: right? Like I just, you popped up for a second when we were setting up, but you're a smaller person.
1: Yeah. And I was basically down to and I just thought, oh, I'm working full time. I have a new baby. You know, I just thought sure. you know, all right. Finally that. But finally
0: getting my steps in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So were you
0: working um, then?
1: Yes. I was working as a neonatal nurse practitioner. Okay.
0: Yeah. So yep. isn't it funny? So you brought up a couple of things and I'll just gonna skip over them real quickly. But the, the one that I think is most important is that everybody always thinks, oh, everybody gets diagnosed on vacation or on a holiday. And really, the truth is, is you slow down enough to start paying attention to your health on vacation or a holiday. Uh, You you know what I mean? Like, life just kind of allows you, you know, to think about it. I totally agree with you.
1: I heard you say that in another cast, and I was like, that is so true. It is. It's just you're able to – I was – definitely hyperglycemic and you know just didn't pay attention to the signs until I had you know a few days off for Christmas yeah right.
0: I it's funny what your body can accomplish like when you when you don't feel like you have time to die your body won't die do you know what <laughs> it, you know what I'm always stunned by and I, I don't in any way mean this to be amusing because I, I I really don't but do you ever see um, a, a mentally challenged adult who's in its who are in their 40s or 50s and their parents are still with them and and alive in their 80s and I always think wow those parents just must feel like I can't leave this kid alone and 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 somehow that takes them you never don't see that it's it's really it's sort of spectacular what your body can accomplish when it feels like it has to And, and so you you know you were you were doing what you needed to do and and yeah. Everything was okay right up until it wasn't, and then it is funny. Then the minute it's almost like having a long, exhausting day. Right, as long as you don't sit, <laughs> as long as you don't sit down, you're don't okay. Think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the minute you sit down, you go, "Oh, well, this was a mistake." <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> then, it's, then it's sleepy time. So, yeah. so you're diagnosed later. Was there any, um, any di- any like anything in your family type one or oh, any yeah. other endo issues? There was.
1: Yes, my sister. Um, has two children. They're adults now, Mm -hmm. but um, my sister's um, daughter was seven when she was diagnosed and her son was three when he was diagnosed. Gotcha. And so, um, and this was before CGM. So it was, and actually my niece um, was diagnosed before I was. And um, it was so funny because our family was like, oh, it's got to be on, you know, the dad's side of the family. (laughs) And then, um, you know, just a couple, few years later, I get diagnosed. Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. No. Everybody's
0: sort it. of blaming each other. It's <laughs> like, oh, that's your that's your family, not mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. Well, well, so that's a shot I have to imagine, right? You were, I mean, even though you're in the medical field, you don't expect to get type one diabetes in your 30s, even though people around you have it. And you, uh, Did you yeah. ever, I mean, you weren't living like that thinking, oh, it's going to get me eventually, right? Not,
1: not at all. Not at all. Like that, not right. at all. Yeah. In fact, like as I've kind of read about it and learned about it, it's kind of interesting. Like 30% of new onset type 1s are over the age of 30. New onset type 1 are over the age of 30. And now that I'm working, um, I work with kids, but I also work with adults. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how many adults are diagnosed with type 1.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And later in life and, and all, var- all varying. I think by now uh, on this podcast, we must have somebody – in every five year increment, you know what I mean? Like I was between yeah. 40 and 45, I was between 55 and you know, 50 and 60 and I, I I've hit everybody at this point. And yeah. you know, so there is no, there's no magical age. Like people w- were, uh, you know, believing, you know, years mm-hmm. ago when they called it juvenile diabetes. Um, okay. So you've had type one now for 24 years. What did you, when you were first diagnosed, I mean, that's so fairly, you know, just to put us in the right place, there's, a meter and some insulin and oh
1: gosh, yeah.
0: it,
2: right?
1: basically you go just like everybody else's story. It's yeah. really interesting, although it's happening today at the same time. And I was at a major university, um, like I was saying in Florida, which where like trial net started and, you know, it was very much type one. It was awesome. But, um, yeah, I went to the emergency room on Christmas Eve and they gave me a vial of insulin, but I had been, you know, I was a nurse and I had been gestational diabetes. So I felt, you know, I was, I was equipped. And, you know, the place I was living was a small college town. So I was going to a Christmas party where there was a CDE that was going to be there.
0: you <laughs> like, I'll just get my, I'll, I'll corner them with a, with a drink. Oh, I and, did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, big time. Hey, yeah. so Christmas, right? I have diabetes. I'm just going to, um, here's, here's my $20 copay. And please sit still and answer my questions. <laughs> Set yourself free with the Omnipod Dash system. Have you considered pod therapy and how you could say goodbye to needles and pens if you made the switch to the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump? Well, if you have diabetes and your body requires insulin, you need to know about Omnipod. It can make your diabetes a smaller and more manageable part of your life. People living with diabetes everywhere are choosing the Omnipod insulin management system. Maybe you have type one diabetes or you have type two and require insulin. Maybe you're the caregiver of an adult or a child. It doesn't matter. Everyone who needs their insulin needs an Omnipod. Now, the best part about Omnipod, of course, well, you know, I could say it's the tubeless pump. It is the only tubeless insulin pump. I could say it's how small and discreet it is and how you can hide it in your clothes. There's a lot I could say. But I guess the best part about this, this message you're getting right now, is that Omnipod offers a free, no obligation demo of the pod. They call it a peck. Would you like a peck? Here's what you do. MyOmnipod, I'm doing it right now.com forward slash juicebox. Now, when you get there, you can request a free experience kit, a pod experience kit. There's no obligation and no cost. So you get a free peck from Omnipod. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juicebox are the links in your show notes or at juiceboxpodcast.com. Get your free experience kit today. Take a look at the Omnipod, wear it, see what you think. And if you like it, it's simple to get started. All you have to do is let Omnipod know that you've tried it, and you'll like it, and you'll want to keep going. Couldn't be easier than that. Okay, go get your pack. Did you get that, what do they call that, white coat blindness? I forget there's a name for it, I'm I'm getting it completely wrong, where medical people kind of give short shrift to other medical people because they don't think you need the explanation of uh, what's happened to you?
1: Um, I, I think though I am inquisitive. So I, I, I didn't feel that. No, I was like kind of trying to
0: learn as much as I could and talking to everybody I could. Yeah. Plus you ruined somebody's Christmas party. So you were just like, <laughs> just stand here for a second. Tell me what are ketones? Um, oh, okay. So now you find out you have type one. How old's the baby at that point? Just 10 weeks? Like a couple 10 months. months. 10 months. 10 months. Okay. Were you back at work by then?
1: Oh, yes. I mean, I went back, you know, just like, I
0: I don't know, after three months. How did you find managing at that time? Like, what did you call success? I guess, like, what were you shooting for?
1: Boy, it was a long time ago. And, you know, the meters were so different. And I I, I didn't even start. They didn't have Lantus. Well, I think Lantus was fairly new. I was on Ultra Lente. these weird insulins that would peak at different times. Um, I think I was on regular, well, Humalog was kind of new and, you know, so it was, it was, um, uh, kind of just take some insulin, (laughs) you know, try to eat in a healthy way. I don't remember ever being told to carb count, um, necessarily at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, but that came later, but I also felt like I, I was in a good place. I felt like I had lots of, support and you know had a good good start you
0: know so diabetes was at some point type one was at some point just this thing that was sort of no different than a medication like a a disease where you had to take a pill like just take your pill the way you're supposed to and you know (laughs) once a once every year we'll give you a blood test and stay alive and that's your goal
1: yeah or even Like things have changed. Like I've worked at a diabetes camp for, it's a day camp here in my area. And um, at the beginning, like I, this was like early 2000s, most of the kids didn't have a lunchtime shot because they would take, you know, this intermediate acting with their short acting in the morning and the intermediate acting would cover their lunch. And so basically it was just checking blood sugars for most of the kids. There was a, you know, we had a few kids on pump. Um, but there was very little interaction. The kids would, you know, be high all day, and that right. was kind of the. That they would tell the parents, you know, like, your kids are going to be high this week. Don't, you know, and it was, it was just kind of the norm. Now camp is like, no, 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 no. Yeah. We try to make goal, and you know, it's it's a different story.
0: Yeah. So so basically, the tools change. The medication and the yeah. tools change. At what point did you start counting carbs and sort of doing that? Is, or do you know how long?
1: So I started on a pump probably within the first year.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I and those pumps, you didn't put in your carbs. This was before the smart, you know, putting. So you just put in. Calculator. Yeah, Yeah. 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 And so I would just, yeah, and I am, like you could already tell, I'm not a real math person. So I would totally just have my calculator with me always and be doing the math for that.
0: Isn't it funny? I've always wondered why older people you know, in the last 10 years that I've met, we're so excited that pumps had bolus calculators. When I, <laughs> when I was already looking at them and thinking, eh, I would rather just make this decision myself. And, yeah. and, but they were always so like, oh, does your pump have a bolus calculator? That's fantastic. What does the bolus calculator say? You know, where or, or people are like my kid, you know, they'll get online, they'll say, I gave my son insulin and his blood sugar is still going up. Um, what should I do? Well, what does your pump say your IOB is? And I was like, yeah. what, what, who cares? You, you, know, like, like you obviously didn't use enough insulin, your blood sugar's high. And, <laughs> and, and I will tell you this morning, this morning, th- this is why this podcast is great and why diabetes is great for a podcast. No matter when I sit down to record it, I have a fresh story about diabetes from six hours prior. But but, right. this, but this morning, Arden gets up uh, extra early because there's picture retakes today. She told, mm. she told me, and I don't want to... Um, I can't curse here, but she she told me she told me privately. I uh, she goes, I really effed up my pictures. <laughs> wait till you wait till you see, and uh, then the picture came, and I was like, oh wow, yeah. What were you thinking when you, when you <laughs> smiled like that? You know, she goes, I am going to retake them. I was like, okay. So she gets up extra early. She's straightening her hair and putting on makeup and doing all this stuff. And as we're leaving for school, she goes, I want to grab something to eat and i said uh, okay you, you know like so she reaches yeah. she reaches in and she grabs some sort of this like little baked pastry thing and it has some icing on it i don't even know where it came from to be perfectly honest <laughs> i, I, I didn't i didn't buy it uh-huh. um, and and she's like i'm going to have this and i was like okay we'll boil this much and do this with your basil and this is what's worked in the past with this thing and she leaves the house and i'm watching a little bit as i'm coming home and from dropping her off and it's going to be okay and then i get see it starts to creep up I was like, hey, let's bump it a little bit. She bumps a little bit. And at 140, the arrow turns diagonal up. And I think, uh-oh, we, we missed. And I'm texting her, trying to like raise her. And I, I can see it's in between classes. So she's traveling through the hall. I'm thinking she's not going to see this. And I'm texting and I'm texting. I'm telling you, we went from 140 diagonal up to 202 up. And I, don't, mm-hmm. I would never see double arrows around here. And I was <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, whoa. And, and she's like, what? I'm like, double your basil for an hour and bolus two and a half units. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you that was as blind blank a guess as I could have made, and now we are two hours later, and she's one thirty diagonal down, so like i w- we caught it, but it was crazy right. like it went from one forty to two fifty and back to it's it's insane yeah like, you know
1: and and just like you were saying though, it's having these tools now, so back in the day we couldn't watch that. We couldn't, it was much more static. You would check a blood sugar and then you'd see the result, you know, like three or four hours. So you didn't really have a sense that you could intervene like we can now. Yeah. And so to me, these tools that we have have changed it from this static way of thinking of dosing and that to this more dynamic process that we go through on a most, I mean, like, kind of what you're describing on a regular basis
0: so then tell me tell me something because as we're as we're discussing this what it occurs to me is that we have this this you know current way of dealing with things you know many people have glucose monitors ways to see their blood sugar moving pumps where they don't have to inject constantly if they want to give themselves more insulin they can push a button but the but the rule book doesn't, it's almost like we took the rule book from 1980 and handed it to the people with the technology from 2018. Is that, mm-hmm. is that what's happening? Because why do people get such bad information about how to manage their type one?
1: But I just think it's, I, I totally agree. I mm-hmm. think we haven't caught up and I think that it's changing so fast. It's just, and uh, I, I, I just think it's changing so fast. And if you're not like living with it day to day, moment to moment, right. it's, it's hard to provide guidance for that in a safe way.
0: Have you checked out Dancing for Diabetes yet? I mean, have you gone to DancingForDiabetes.com or found them on Facebook or Instagram to see what they're really up to? Well, if you haven't, I'm encouraging you to do so. But additionally, if you're in the Orlando area, once you go to DancingForDiabetes.com, click on the events tab and check out what's happening in May. That's right. The Touched by Type 1 conference will be held on May 18th. This annual conference is designed for all ages, kids, teens, and adults. And the goal is to educate, encourage, and empower everyone touched by type 1 diabetes. If you have type 1, this is the place for you to be. Especially if you'd like to hear me speak live about how to be bold with insulin. Oh, now you're intrigued. I I believe what you said. Now, let's let's. I'm going to go with your premise that things are moving so fast, and you know I come to work every day. You know I I, I don't fault a, you know a, an endo or, or anybody because they're they're yeah. doing they're doing what they they know to do, and the world's pulling away from them like you said. You know it's funny. Just put up an episode with Tidepool. Yesterday, Arden, pictures are during lunch, so we won't pre bowl us because I don't know how long it will be. <laughs> and I say, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, text me as soon as you know. So I was talking to Chris, and I said the same. Oh, Arden just made it. She just knocked it out of my head. Oh, my God. Wait, hold on a second. Speed of what Arden knocked my thought out of my head with her text. Um, oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, actually, you know what? My inability to remember what I was going to say is my point. How is it possible that me, the guy who just had to read a text and then forgot what he was going to say, could could figure it out, but a doctor can't figure it out?
2: I think
1: it's this really this technique really works for you, and it really resonates. To a lot of people Mm -hmm. and, and like the more people I talk about your podcast with and, you know, it's, it's fascinating. But there are people that think in a very linear way. And, you know, um, this method. So, so like, you kind of have to find what works for different people's brain in terms of what management is going to
0: work for different people's abilities. But is it actually working for those other people? Yes. It yes. Is. There are other people walking around with five 2A1Cs who count carbs, put it in at a certain time, don't think about it again for three hours. They, they do
1: it in a different way. They okay. do it in a way that works for them. Like I'm sure, and I haven't heard much about like um, Stephen Ponder's work, you know, kind of that whole thing of um, that sugar surfing stuff. So that is very much like, um, kind of, or uh, what's his name, uh, John Walsh's pumping insulin, you know, where it's all kind of laid out exactly how to dose, and and, and that works for some people, so it's like, you kind of have to, I really feel like you have to find what works for you, what's safe for you with the tools
0: you have. Oh, for certain. yeah. You have to have the right tools. You can't, yeah, yeah. I mean, what I'm doing right now with a meter is, I mean, would probably have you testing 20 times a day. I would, more. I would yeah. or yeah. more. Right, right. I would definitely think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so I have so I want to be clear, don't care how anybody does this. I just want it to work for them. Y- yeah. You know, I just I don't want No. And
1: I have people that listen to your podcast. They don't do kind of what you're doing, but they love the message. They love the like hearing People struggle, you know, hearing people go through the same thing, but they're not on CGM. They're not on a an, uh, pump and they don't want to yet. You know, right. there's issues, emotional, other, there's all kinds of reasons why. And um, so they just, they get something from this though. Of and of it's course. helping them and they're seeing better numbers. And it's just kind of this awareness, this discussion that doesn't happen
0: other places okay so so that you think that it's, it's funny i you think the discussion is where the value lies as much as anything else
1: so i think for some people the methodology that can work for for some people other people it's they cannot go there but they still love listening to people their experience how they're dealing with it and um So there's, and, and, and listening about, like, if they're not ready, I know it's hard to believe in this day and age, but some people are not ready for CGM and it, for them to hear all these people talking about it and how useful it is. And that is more than, than someone just saying, you need a CGM, you know, it's very much, um, it gives value to what their experience is. And then they're open to hearing other ideas, which is,
0: Cool. Tell me the, the 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 statement they're not ready. What is that? We're pushing what?
1: it, <laughs> and they don't want it.
0: And why? Why do people say they don't want it? Because I have my thoughts, but I want to hear yours, please.
1: Um, there's different reasons. Mm-hmm. Some people, and I deal with kids, but I also deal with adults. And so right now, when I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the adults that I that. Uh, They don't want to feel like they have to be thinking about it all the time. And if it's continuous, they feel like they have to think of it all the time. Whether or not that's based in what their reality should or shouldn't be, that's their reality. And um, so some people don't want to be tied down to this um, constant... um, that they have to look at and and respond
0: to. So here's how that strikes me. I'm gonna sound like such a a jerk. Oh, wow, I don't do this very often. This is great, I'm gonna be jerky. There are some people listening who are like, dude, you're jerky all the time, calm down. But but, okay, so that would be to me like saying that I smoke two packs of cigarettes a day, but I only worry about the health effects of my cigarette smoking on Saturdays between noon and 3 p.m. Because it's not like me not thinking about it doesn't make it not happening.
1: But let me put it in another way. Go ahead, please. So so when I listened to you manage Arden's blood sugars, when she was younger, you did it, you know, like she didn't you didn't want to burden her with all of that. Right. And so you were doing so you kind of it, it's it is there for some people, seen as just too much, you know, whether it's where they are emotionally, developmentally, you know, so, so there is this component of, yes, it's a lot of information and you do have to deal with it if you have that information or maybe not. But so I just feel like people are in different spaces, different places. And, um, I would, you know, if someone could manage me all the time, I think that would be great, but I'm like, I'm not offering that up to my husband to, um,
0: (laughs) he doesn't have a podcast, Laura. How's he going to do it now? So here would be my response to, to that kind of concept. Um, that, Hmm. Let me think. I guess I don't really know how to say what I want to say. Um, the, the, but the, I just mean some ahead. people
1: are ready and some
0: people aren't, and just like some people can't.
1: But I feel like with smoking, that's an addiction, and that's you know I, I think that's a different place to just stop, you know. Uh, but there's also an emotional end to this too, you know. Yeah,
0: and I may have had a bad apples to apples there. Maybe I was more like apples to like grape apples. But <laughs> but my my thought was is that you can't you can't ignore something for a number of days and pretend that that's. Taking care of it because I don't know what's happening, or I'm not going to think about what's happening. But what I was going to say about the other part was, I, I hear that it could be. My response to this would be, I understand that people might think that what I'm doing with Arden takes up a lot of time, but what I'm going to tell you is, is that it takes up less time. It, it once you understand the the basic concepts that we chat about here on this podcast, it takes less effort and less thought to keep my daughter's blood sugar between seventy and one twenty than it would to not.
1: Yeah, I, I believe you. I mean, I totally believe you. Once your blood sugar is high, it's so hard to get it into a good place and then you're bouncing all over. Yep.
2: Absolutely. Stupid Absolutely.
0: stupid analogy. You're driving down the road. Your car starts to drift. Do you nudge the car back to the left or do you wait till you're in... A pothole and off the side of the road to start turning because that takes more effort. Now you're being pulled off the road. There's other things at play. You have to steer more. It's dangerous. There's a tree there, etc. But when you saw the white line coming, all you really had to do was turn your steering wheel just maybe a quarter of an inch to the left, and you would have went back again. And so it's simpler to react in those tolerances with smaller adjustments because smaller mm-hmm. adjustments create less counter adjustments. So, yeah. you know, when you start swerving, that's the roller coaster. If you just yeah. a little this way, a little that way, that's that's the other side of it. So, I get that the podcast in itself doesn't explain every every week what the diabetes, you know, how to handle something does that that you have to kind of listen through the whole thing and that you do, I do hear a ton of people who say, look, I listened for a while and I finally got it. Some people get it quicker. Some people get it slower. I also hear from, there was a guy, uh, Michael who listens, hi Michael, who said one day, he sent me a note and he said, okay, you win. I'm getting an Omnipod. And what I, (laughs) and what I took from his, from his statement was, Oh my god! Every week with this Omnipod ad, I'm just gonna buy it. If you like, leave me alone. You, you, you know, like, and and now he loves it. Yeah. Right. No. And so. No, I
1: I just and I can tell you, person after person that I've talked to, mm-hmm. listening to your podcast, and some of them are doing it, and it's um and almost everybody is more engaged in their diabetes after when listening to you and kind of this, and it, you know, yes, some are following. Kind of the formula that isn't really a formula, but right. just, you know, it works. Um, some people can do that. Other people, they're not there, but they're still getting value. You know, they're still making changes in selling. their life. and Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, listen, I got a, a message from yesterday. I joked with my wife when we got home, uh, when she got home from work. I said, she's like, how was your day? I was like, today was since got an email and tell him how great the podcast is today. I said, because I got seven <laughs> of them today. Um, which, by the way, thank you, everyone, and I will do, and I will respond at some point. Um, but one of them was, you know, from from a woman who's just like she's talking like you. Like I love the podcast and it changed how I think about things and everything. And I said, "Can you tell me? You know, would you mind me asking? One, w- what struck you the, you know, the hardest? Like what 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 about the podcast got you looking for whatever I might have said, so I can know to say it again? Basically, you know that it works on <laughs> that it works and people hear it. And she said, just not to be afraid. It was such a simple part of the idea because in my mind, and I don't know how I can run through it off the top of my head, but in my mind, managing type 1 diabetes begins with not being afraid. Uh, Mm -hmm. Once you're not afraid, you have to learn how insulin works in your body. You can't do anything until you learn how the insulin works. And then from there, it's all about timing and amount. And in the the, the end, I don't see it as any more difficult than that base. There's more to it, but if you go back to those three concepts – your A1C is going down a point and a half, just with those three ideas.
2: Yeah.
1: And I have, I have so many patients, so many people that I work with that um, have had a bad experience with a low blood
2: sugar. Sure, yeah.
1: And then they just, they, they cannot, they cannot keep, they keep their blood sugar in this very tight range between 200 and 300 all the time mm-hmm. because they're paralyzed with moving it down and so that at least you know if they'll wear a cgm then we just work on 20 points you know let's get it instead of 280 let's try for 250
0: as your top you know and yeah all the time i say it if you can keep it steady somewhere you can keep it steady anywhere right i love that yeah Yeah. right it it doesn't like what is the difference between 250 and 150 except your fear what's the difference between 150 and 80 Except for your concern that your blood sugar is going to drop too quickly, and so I mean, and
1: that's easy to say, but really difficult when when you're faced with you know some
0: some, unknowns, yeah, or just fear, yeah, anxiety. Oh my god, you have no idea. Of course, absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to tell. I, I don't know if I've ever if I've said this yet, but I go to the dentist about six months ago. And I'm I'm a person I hydrate a lot during the day. So I don't think clearly and drink probably what is the equivalent of 110 ounces of water in the an <laughs> hour and a half prior to going to get my teeth cleaned. Right. So I roll into the dentist's office. They're like, hey, you can come on back. I'm like, yeah, right after I pee. So I, I go, I go into the bathroom. I go in. Now the girl's working on my teeth 20 minutes or so. And I look at her and I go, hey, is this a good time for me to get up for a second? <laughs> because I got to go to the go. bathroom again. And so I do it again. Right. And then later in the, in the visit, th- she has the doctor come in to look over what she's done and, you know, talk to me. And as I'm sitting there, she says to, she rats me out to the doctor. She says, you know, he's, he's gone to the bathroom twice since he's been here. I'm like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> what's this? Some like holistic dentist office. What are we doing here? Like, don't worry about my whole thing. Just how's my teeth. And so, and I, so I joke, I could go again, like trying to impress them. <laughs> but but I'm I'm saying that because again, I've I've consumed you know a cooler's worth of water, you know, right before right. getting there. And he goes, You really could go to the bathroom again. I said, Yeah, I just I drank I drank a bunch of water. He looks right at me and goes, That could be type two diabetes. Oh my god. And I yeah. went, I went, wait, what? No, I just drank a bunch of water, man. And and he's like, Well, no, no. And, and then he starts talking about it. So the point of telling you the story is I get home. You know, I'm hungry and I can't bring myself to eat because I'm like, what if I have type 2 diabetes? And, and no joke, like the rest of the day, I kind of couldn't eat. But I got up in the morning. I thought I would forgotten about it and I couldn't eat. I couldn't bring myself to eat because everything I know about insulin and my daughter's diabetes. And then this guy puts it in my head that I could have type 2. Diet. By 10 o'clock, I'm on the phone with my doctor. I need a physical. And, and and he's like, what? Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I need a physical. So now I'm in, the, now I'm at the physical, right? And, and my doctor, you're going to get the whole story, Barbara, why not? Let's tell it right here. My, the, <laughs> so, so my doctor's um, service says you come in the first time, you just meet with the doctor, let them know what's going on. It's 15 or 20 minutes, excuse me, and then we'll make the real appointment. So that's what I believe I'm doing this day. I'm just coming in to sit with the doctor. I thought it was stupid. I didn't understand it, but I was doing it. So I'm in with the doctor for a couple minutes. He starts asking some questions, and he puts a stethoscope on my chest. And I think, hmm, this seems more like a physical than a talk about a physical. And it goes a little farther, and he looks at me, and he says, I'm going to need you to take your pants down. And I was like, what is happening? This is the weirdest (laughs) meeting in the history of my life. And I was like, i got to stop you for a second. I was like, is this the physical? And he says, yeah, 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 it's the physical. And I'm like, but I was told I was coming for a meeting. He goes, oh, I don't know why they do that. So five, five minutes later... For everyone listening, I'm face down on a thing with the doctor standing behind me thinking when I get out of here, I'm going to go find this dentist and punch him in the face, right? Because look what has happened to me. And then the whole thing gets done. He goes, we'll do a little blood work because it's part of the physical and everything. And he hands me the orders for the blood work. And I say, My, I say, you didn't put A1C on here. And he goes, "Oh, you don't have type two diabetes." <laughs> I went, "Wait, no, 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 no." I'm like, "I want the A1C done." That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, "I don't care about the rest of this." And and you're a gentle man, but please do the A1C. <laughs> so so anyway, there's a way funnier part of the story that's inappropriate for the podcast, but nevertheless, I get my A1C done. My A1C is fine. And yeah. and but thank you. But but the point is is that for three days, I couldn't barely bring myself to eat because I was so afraid of what my blood sugar might be doing. And so mm-hmm. I now have a renewed sense of how people must feel when they say they're scared. It's a little, mm-hmm. it's different, but I'm a little closer to the understanding at this point. Yeah. You, you know, more um, personal. Yeah, yeah it, it, it really was sort of insane. Um, I, I say it all the time. I get that if you're, if you live alone and you're an adult that what we talk about might be more difficult um, if you don't have a CGM, it's in it would be a leap to do some you of the could, things yeah. we do. Right. Yeah. Um, but what I would say is if you have insurance and you are financially able, in my opinion, just go into the podcast player, click on the link and check out Dexcom because that's how you could do this stuff. I mean, look at Arden's blood sugar right now, it's one twelve now. Well, so I'm, so yeah, so I, we, we I'm
1: one twelve right now. Are you really? <laughs>
0: yeah, I just looked down. That might be the name of the episode. Um <laughs> And so, but, but, but I mean, think about what hmm. happened. Arden ate something completely sugarific this morning. We weren't able to pre bolus the way we wanted to. We missed on the bolus, readdressed the bolus within 25 minutes and squelched a, a, a pretty severe spike and brought it back without making it a low. And, right. that, and that's, that's Dexcom and, and wearing a pump. That, mm-hmm. that was it, because we used Temp Basils in there and, and all kinds of other stuff. Unlike a blood glucose meter, which provides just a single glucose reading, Dexcom provides real-time dynamic glucose information every five minutes, up to 288 readings in a 24-hour period. You can gain valuable insight about your glucose levels, including rate of direction and change. This will give you additional insight to proactively manage your diabetes. What can that lead to? How about a reduction in A1C, reduced hypoglycemia, and active monitoring while you're sleeping? These are a lot of fancy ways to say peace of mind while you're sleeping and the ability to see the speed and direction of your blood sugar. And if you want to know how someone gets an A1C reduction with a glucose monitor, here's how we do it. You hear us talking about it all the time on the podcast, but if Arden's blood sugar tries to go over 120, we bump it back down again. The Dexcom G6 tells us, hey, you're rising, and then we can use a tiny bit of insulin to stop that rise. When you only use a small amount of insulin for the rise, then, you know, very frequently, what I find for us, and you know, your results may vary, but for us, when we use a little bit of insulin to stop a rise, the likelihood of a low later, pretty unlikely. Because you've only used a tiny amount of insulin to stop that 120 that's just starting to come up. And then you stay off the diabetes roller coaster, and no bouncing all over the place. That's just one way the Dexcom helps us. The next thing you need to do is go to dexcom.com forward slash juicebox or click on the links in your show notes or at juiceboxpodcast.com to get started today with the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. It's the best decision you'll ever make. in your opinion, if you, could, if you could take away people's, you know, how they feel for a second, we'll just, we'll just take away people's free, free will for a second. If you could take free will away from people for a second and you were in charge of how people manage their diabetes, would you put them on a pump?
1: I don't think a pump is as important as, CG, as the CGM.
0: Okay, so you would definitely put them on a CGM. <laughs> if I took away their free yeah. will, you would.
1: But but it's so interesting because we can't get it covered by so for so many people it's not covered.
0: How is that? What 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 ends up happening? Because their insurance covers it, you just can't sort of no pers- no not no, at all
1: no not at all not at all.
0: Is it an age thing? Yeah. Is it a is it an A one C thing?
1: So we just got like Medicare to cover it. Yeah, uh, about a year and a half ago or so. So that's been a huge. It's been wonderful. I mean, there were people that turned 65 and had to lose their CGM. You know, it's just like crazy. I've seen that, yeah. So, um, but, um, so that's good. Medicare is now covering it. But like the state insurances aren't. And um, yeah, and then the cost, like some people have these, you know, they work for a small company and the insurance isn't great and they have to pay uh, exorbitant amounts, basically almost the whole cost of it. So, I mean, there are a lot of people that if anything we could change to me, it is the standard of care we need to everybody to have the availability to have it available to them. It would it would save so many hospitalizations. Yep. You know, there's so many things that would be of benefit. But yeah, people can't get it.
0: And and so what did the what does the what do most insurance companies try to say when you say hey, this person needs a CGM? They go, "No, they don't do they say they don't need it. Is they call it not medically necessary. What do they
1: well, yeah. So then we have to do these prior authorizations. We write letters and they still say no.
0: No. And does it once in a while work out or do you have to have like some, like, what do you have to uh, show? See, like, we had no a patient, sugars? and
1: this is going to be- sound very sad, but he didn't have any fingers. And so, out of all of these patients, one patient I know of got. Um,
0: because he couldn't test his blood sugar because he didn't have fingers? Right.
1: Oh, my well, God. and that's what I mean, he could still test
0: his blood sugar, but. But not on his. Yeah. Because. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's not good. Um, no, yeah. It's reality. Jeez. Oh, I do think that we're probably I mean, I don't know. I really do. I'm not I'm not being coy. I don't know. But I would imagine that once Dexcom gets the transmitter portion of the process smaller, that probably is the space where they can then say, Okay, we're gonna make this more mass. Um, consumable financially, like you would. Yeah. You would think that's what is because they've. That you know. I here's what I don't think people get about diabetes companies in general, right? Is they're smaller companies than you think they are. They're not these giant, you know. They're not, for the most part, giant conglomerations. Medtronic's, a, a, of course, a much bigger part of a pharma company, but uh, or a smaller part of a pharma company, which makes them bigger and more powerful. But if you have Omnipod or even Dexcom, those kinds of these are companies that sell one I thing could, you know yeah
1: and i i live in southern california so i'm right there where dexcom is and yet i've gone into the um factory or whatever you call it and yeah. and talked to the people they are i it, it really feels like a small business it's a small it business, is yeah i we, love them yeah. yeah and they're very helpful they're wonderful but um yeah i just think we just need to get we need we need more help to make it so it's affordable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I have a, it's, it's, it really is such a crazy conversation because it should, of course, everybody should have it. And at the same time, you know, there's an argument to be made for if the company doesn't make money, then none of us are going to have it. And, you, you know, like and in, in insurance companies, should be, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's just, there's so much. It's just such a, I imagine you see it every day, right? It's such a convoluted web of BS, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it
2: is. <laughs>
1: yeah. It is. And it's, it's frustrating because people just want to, you know, just, people want to, nobody wants to do poorly with their diabetes. Right, right. Nobody does. Nobody does.
0: Isn't it funny every, too? That that getting too low is a good reason to need uh, a CGM, but getting too high is not. <laughs> like like why is that? Why why is isn't it? I mean, so the insurance company values not dying today, but they don't value not dying next week. Like wh- why? Yeah, yeah wh- wh- Why would that even be? So it really isn't about your health as much as it is about. I guess something money that's funny they have
1: to put out. I yeah, guess I don't yeah. know. I, I hate. I'm not a cynical no, no, person. No, no, I don't no, no. want to be, but, um, but it, it. You know, just know that it. There are challenges out there. Why people can't use these tools that are
0: available. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, I hear you. Okay, so, yeah. geez. Well, what would you? Okay, so you would give you would give people a CGM if you if you were uh, in if you were great and powerful Oz and you could take care of everything and just do whatever you wanted. That CGM would yeah. definitely be there. It, it, what do you think about
1: think that? Like, there's still there's still especially there's people that don't want to have things on their body and right. you know there's all, so it's not going to be for everybody, but um, you know.
0: Oh, I absolutely no. I hundred percent agree. Is. But there is there there is a trade off though, right? Though if you if you It's no different than if you look back to, you know, go back 30 or 40 years and someone says, look, I've been taking care of my diabetes for a long time without a meter. I don't need a meter. And, and because that is really, I, I have a, you know, I know people who were diagnosed when
1: I I see patients every day like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't need a meter. I'll be fine. But, but in the long run, they're not going to be fine without a meter. Right.
1: I, I, so I worked for, um, I don't know, 17 years No, 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 15 years with kids with diabetes. So I rarely saw complications. And then in the last three years, I started working with adults with diabetes. And so that changed my whole perception Mm -hmm. of what we do in peds. Um, And I still work one day a week at at the children's hospital and four days a week now with adults and young adults um, with diabetes. Um, But it's just seeing all the complications has really changed my focus on our pediatric care to really engage kids so that they're more like active in their own care and transitioning to adult, you know, independent care uh, in a more seamless way.
0: And that takes time. Is that, is that your, I mean, that's how I see it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It starts, yeah, yeah. Very, very young
0: and that's just i think it's a very slow i see it just like every other parenting idea like you don't you don't grab your 8-year-old and start yelling at them about this is something you need to do get it done right this second like you know it's going to take yeah. a while i think i think as a parent my i was telling my son this recently i'm like he's like what do you think your biggest job is like in parenting i said <laughs> well i think it's repeating things without getting annoyed you, you, you know because i think there are certain things you're going to need to hear A dozen times a hundred times a thousand times in a way that doesn't make you tired of hearing it Um, Right, you know I think it's my job to kind of watch what's going on and keep directing you in a certain direction without you sometimes knowing you're being Directed, Mm -hmm. you know um, Asking you I I did it to him the other day and he's at college I I told him something about his sister that I wanted him to know about himself and Mm. if I would have told it to him about himself he wouldn't have heard it, but when I told it to mm-hmm. him about somebody else, he was like, "Yeah, I, I see that." So mm-hmm. you know, like I think that's my job. My job is to um, manipulate you privately behind the scenes, <laughs> in in, <laughs> in, a, in a very kind, so loving it's your way. Idea. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Let like, them let them have the idea, but you are basically showing them something in a way that doesn't make them immediately put up a defensive wall about. It. Mm-hmm. That's that's my thought, and yeah. and so he was, you know. It, and I've seen it work. And it's working with the diabetes very slowly. Just, you know, even last week, uh, or this, excuse me, This it's been, Arden's been a freshman now for about a month and a half or two months. And she's like, I don't want to set alarms anymore to remind us to pre-bowl for lunch. I'm going to keep track of it. And I was like, okay, great.
1: Wow, great.
0: So good. So, you know, last week... I, I'm losing track. She has I was to say, how did you do with it, that? It, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm. Fine. I, I I don't. I'm just. I just stay fluid. My whole thing is just st- awesome. stay fluid. So I'm like, so I'm like, okay. But she has A days and B days, and there's lunch on different times of the day, and I lose track. You just saw me read a text and forget what I was going to say. So I don't know if today is an A day or a B day, right? She either has lunch today at 10:30 or 11:30. I don't know, because you- I don't know what day it is. So one day, I'm like, oh, it must be, a, I don't know what day, an 11.30 mm-hmm. day. And 11.10.30 goes by, and it's quarter of 11, it's 11 o'clock. And all of a sudden, I see her CGM change in a way that, like, I was like, oh, I didn't expect that to happen, you know? And then the, the a diagonal up arrow, which, you know, I'm like, wait, what, what's happening? And then it boom, boom, boom I text her, I'm like, hello? She's like, what's <laughs> up? I'm like, um,
2: How's did, it going? did you eat?
0: Oh my God, I ate. I'm like, how much? She goes, I've been done for 20 minutes. <laughs> so yeah. everyone knows Arden's, you know, lunches are like a conglomeration of like stuff. So I was like, uh, uh. And I think about what's in there, and I think, okay, if we would have done this on time, I think this is like 12 units. But now she's 20 minutes past having eaten she's probably been eating for 40 minutes i'm we're screwed you know so like i was like double your basil for an hour and a half and then i bolused what i thought the food was going to take plus like three more units mm-hmm. and it went to 280 it, you mm-hmm. know but it came back yeah, right and so and i wasn't upset i was like Dude, this is how most people rock you know like so i was like it'll be okay and and it will be. Yeah, yeah right and everything was fine she got home and I was like, Hey, no big deal. Like, we got your blood sugar back. No problem. I said, But you know, I need you to, you know, it's fine if you don't but want you to learn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just remember. She's like, Okay. Like, five days later, it happened again. And now, and now you see her. Like, she, she just texted me, Hey, they're going to do our pictures during our lunch so we can't pre balls." Now, that in my mind is my daughter learning a lesson without feeling awesome. bad without feeling yeah. bad about it right without being like yell- yelled at or directed or dominated or something like that just let it let let some experiences happen so she can learn from them
1: and i think you know that's awesome because you know some i see some situations where it's all on the kid and that doesn't work well you know yeah. and um So it's just this intermingling of an adult brain and the kid and, you know, kind of helping that person figure it out, Mm -hmm. Um, helping the child figure it out is key to success. And so that they're not alone. They're in this. You guys are talking about it. It's awesome. And that's how people can kind of transition to independent care in a more seamless way, for sure.
0: Don't forget to check out Dancing for Diabetes at dancingfordiabetes.com. They're also on Facebook and Instagram. That's dancing4diabetes.com. If you'd like to see me speak live about being bold with insulin, I will be at Touch by Type 1, an event run by Dancing for Diabetes. Go to dancingfordiabetes.com and click on their events tab. You can't. You can't say you can't do your. Th- you can never throw your hands up with anything, but diabetes, especially, You can't go. I don't know, or this is the best I can do, like that can't be an answer. I and I, I, I heard a person say the other day about their child with diabetes that they were, you know, unable to man like pay attention to this kid's blood sugar as much as they wanted to during the day, and their blood sugar was getting pretty high from it, and as I was trying to imagine ways to affect that, they said, well, it's, you know, it's just, I can't do it. And I was like, "Well, wait, what? Like, like that's a strange idea. Like, like to me, like the, the idea of, well, it's beyond what I can do. And I understand Mm -hmm. there could be a ton of reasons. could be work related. It could be sleep related. It could be money. There's a lot of different reasons, but Mm -hmm. there's also usually a different way. If you, if you just keep, keep, wondering about it like just keep looking into it don't just keep running into the same wall over and over again but think differently you you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like like out you know whatever you want to say outside of the box or whatever but Mm -hmm. once you've applied your thoughts to this and you've come to no answer find someone else's thoughts Mm -hmm. you know because they said this to me and I said well have you considered this I gave them my idea I'm being very vague because I don't want to out somebody I, I, Mm I I gave them my idea and it turned out they hadn't considered that Mm-hmm. And now that's what they're gonna try and yeah. I I do the same thing my wife said to me the other day Hey, we're not all gonna be able to go on this spring trip with with Cole's baseball team because of this and I said Well, why not? Why don't we try to figure out how to do it? And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, maybe we can But it was her first inclination that it wouldn't work and mm-hmm. and you always have to if, if you If you can't imagine how to do something find someone who can mm-hmm. That that's all I I please never say the the dreaded sentence about diabetes that's just diabetes i please you make no. me you make me crazy if i even think you're saying it somewhere in the world never say that's just diabetes it's something else um and keep trying reach out find community ask a person ask your doctor ask write it on a facebook page i don't know yell it out your window maybe your neighbor's got diabetes they'll yell back bolus more <laughs> hey, you know i don't know how it'll go um so tell me so tell me this and as we wrap up What's, you think fear's the biggest hurdle that you see people have, right? What do you think gets them past the fear?
1: For people that are really struggling with that fear, I, I think small changes make big differences. So just kind of that idea of you don't have to be 75 to 120 all the time. And that's just overwhelming when they're comfortable in this 250 range. But just, you know, just for a week, and it's going to be really, really hard. Try accepting, if, you're, if your comfort zone is 250, if, 230 for a week. 230, you know, just bring it, start bringing it down and wearing a CGM. You know, that to me, that really seems to uh, help. But the, I think also... I think everybody in diabetes needs to see a therapist. I really do. I think um, you're dealing with something that you have to think of every moment of every day. I think, um, you know, whether you're going to sleep or you're working out or you're eating, things that are basic to life, um, uh, you have to have this other thing in your mind. And so it's overwhelming. And so I think it's it's a good idea if you're struggling, if you if you're having a hard time getting to goal, you know, keeping your time in range, then yeah, go talk to somebody. I think the emotional thing is, is, is
0: pretty high. Spectacular advice. Um, quick question. Yeah. How low is too low if you're steady at it? So let's say you're not falling, right? There's no danger. You're going to fall. My blood sugar is 80. That's fine. Right?
1: I think so. Okay. Yeah. 70. Because you have insulin working in your body, Mm -hmm. for most people, 70 is, you're on the edge.
0: Because you're considering you're going to keep falling.
1: Not necessarily. Everybody, so let's say they got to 70 after being 200 or 250. You're not going to feel good there either. So some people like when they've had highs for a long time, they may start feeling a low at 120. right? They just, you know, they need to get to a spot where they're not in the two to three hundreds all the time. So they feel normal at 100. Um, but 70 to me, especially in kids. And if you don't have a CGM, no way. Um, so, so uh, to me, there are some limits and, 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 there were some studies early, like I don't know, ten years ago, about brain development and um, uh, hypoglycemia, but those were studies before CGM, before you know. So I don't, you know, but so I, I don't, I don't really know. And then there were studies in adults with A1C goals, you know, with type two. These were older people with type two, and they thought, oh, if seven's good, yeah. maybe we should get them lower. And that Accord study showed that there was, and this is an adult older population with type 2 diabetes, so not really relatable, but um, there, there was more sudden cardiac death in patients who had A1Cs less than 6.5. So how are we saying that a low A1C is that great either? We don't have the data.
0: So we have two mixed thoughts here. So let me, let me unpack them for a second. So I get that if you're a person who's had a high blood sugar for a very long time, that a 120 could feel like low. And, and, and that you want to come down slowly as your body gets used to it to stay down there. My, my, but my question that I probably didn't phrase correctly was, I'm just wondering, when is it in the moment, not, forget long term, but in the moment, wh- wh- when does it become detrimental to your brain for your blood sugar to be at a certain thing? Like I, Here's my thought. and And I don't want Arden to be under 70 for any long period of time. But if mm-hmm. she gets to 65 and it's going to sit there for a few minutes... I'm okay with that. If she hits 55 overnight and I can trim a basil and bring it back in 20 minutes or and avoid juice, I'll do that. Don't get me wrong. If she's 55 and she's falling, if she's 55 and she has, you know, we, we would counteract it with carbs right away. But if she drifts to 55 and then bounces right back again, and I'm talking about in 15 or 20 minutes. I don't think of that as horrible. It's not something I would want, and I don't think it's val—it's healthy. But I don't think she's about to die either. And and so I think that there's – all I'm saying is I would like Arden's blood sugar to be above 70 um, and sitting as stable as possible. But I think it's important for people to understand that if their blood sugar should go to 65, they're not about to expire, and they haven't caused a third of their brain to die. Or, or no. like, like Right, right. They just
1: no, – you, you need to act on it. Yeah.
0: Right. right. Do something. Yeah. 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 I, I, but see, the reason I bring that up is because, is because do you, do you have any idea how many people you see whose blood sugars get to 120 and they start eating carbs because they feel It's
1: incredible. Yeah. I talk to people and they say, my, co-, and like I'm meeting them for the first time and they're like, my comfort zone is I like to be one fifty to two hundred, because that's where I feel good. If I'm lower than that, I feel low. And and so then there's this discussion. They just it's it's yeah. how you know they it's just a matter of getting more information and getting you know because they're just going on how they feel. Right. They made their and, body
0: accustomed to something that's yeah. not, not right for their yeah. health. I saw a post online once that said we almost lost our daughter last night, and I was like, oh my god, this is horrible. Her blood sugar got to sixty eight. They thought she was gone, and I was like, "Wait, what? What are we talking about?" And so, and, then, and so now I'm reading, and I'm like, "Wait, maybe I'm thinking, maybe she was 68, and they used, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, like, like I don't know, Novolog <laughs> instead of Lantis at night or something. But they, they put eight units of her, in, and I'm like, I'm so I'm trying to figure out what's going on. No, no, her blood sugar just, and they had a CGM. <laughs> she drifted to this number, and ah, and sat right. there for a few minutes. They they were breaking yeah. out the glucagon. And I, w- I was like, oh, my God, at 68, I'd be like, if I trim her basil back 50% for an hour, we sleep all night and I wake up and she's baby. like, like that's how I start thinking about it. The, the, this poor girl was almost in the hospital. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, gosh. And that's the misconception.
1: That's the reality of everybody's coming from different places in terms of their understanding and, you know, their uh, what they've been taught. Yes. It's, it's, it's- You know, and, and yes, we, I think, you know, keeping your blood sugar over 70, you know, is a good idea, but when people are in tight control, they are going to drift down. And just so long as they're dealing with it and bringing it back up. And yeah, you do not want to be, you know, in a danger zone for long or often. Or often. Right. 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 That whole thing about the CGM is to kind of look at that time and range. Yep. You know, you can have a great A1C, but if you're having more than, say, 5% in that low two areas, you know, eh, you, know you kind of want to think, what could I do to get myself more in the green?
0: by the way too i wanted to i'm i'm i don't have the person's name i'm not calling anyone out but to the person who set their clarity app from 50 to 300 and then posted look at me i was in range for 100% of the time today <laughs> shame on you okay i mean seriously between 50 and 300 were you in between oh, 24 hours? huh? No hitter. Huh? And I was just like, I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, look at this. This is like, and, and because joking aside, this poor person doesn't understand what they're supposed to be doing. They yeah. set, they set. It's like saying, you, you know, I don't know. I've got all five lanes of the highway. I never left my lane. Like, no, wait, what? You're supposed to stay in between the white lines over here. If you drift a little bit, you've left your lane. And, and I, all I could really think was two things. First of all, what a horrible misunderstanding of what, what their health is about. And, and secondly, look at what they're showing to all these other people. Because people are like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I'm like, it's amazing. I was like, how is that amazing? It, it's, it's, it's a misunderstanding of what you're doing. And, and so my point is this. And we, and we started off by saying this in the beginning. And I, I still steadfastly believe what I'm going to say. You said just now it, it all depends on where they come from and what they've been taught. In my heart, I want people to be taught that, that insulin is dangerous and they need to respect it, but they can't be afraid of it. If they're afraid of it, that their health is gonna, is gonna at some point suffer. That they have to make smaller adjustments because that keeps you off the roller coaster. That highs cause lows because you use a lot of insulin at a time when eventually the food leaves your system and, and what's left behind is the insulin. If your blood sugar's high, You have likely have mistimed your insulin or miscalculated or a combination of the both. And if your blood sugar is low, you've likely mistimed your insulin, miscalculated or a combination of the both. If you can afford this technology, please give it a try. I know you don't want it attached to you or whatever else you're thinking, but just give it a try. If you don't like it after you try it, then don't use it. But don't say, that's not for me if you've never tried it before. I think if people got that simple direction earlier in their time with diabetes, that we'd see more people who could say, who, who would understand that 275 is not in their range. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just want you to now, it's your job now to go tell every CDE that. Uh, I, I would do it, but um, no one's asked me to.
1: <laughs> it's funny, you know how like you talk about it like a tug of war? And um, I kind of think um, it's more, to me, I mean, I like the tug of war thing, but um, I kind of like the idea of it's like, it's like driving a stick shift. Okay. So when I my husband and I met in high school and like I was learning how to drive and um he was teaching me how, and I was like I was very linear at the time I mm-hmm. think and I said, "Okay, hun, write down exactly when <laughs> I'm supposed to change gears." <laughs> you know, like I want it exactly. Yeah. I want you to spell it out exactly. And he goes, "Hey, Laura, you just got to feel it. You got to know when, you know, to let off and when to give and, and, and to me, and then, yeah, sometimes you stall, sometimes it's not perfect. Um, but, um, you can still get up the hill, you know? And so it's like, to me, it's kind of like that kind of, it's a give and take. It's kind of like how you, um, have to feel it. And now we have these tools like, you know, the CGM, um, to be able to see the result, you yep. know, I don't know what that is in a car, but you know, like basically, um,
0: it's your head not jerking around when you shift. <laughs> <laughs> Also, yes. <laughs> also, Laura, I like what you're saying about the idea of you have to feel it. I I fear though the concept of a stick shift analogy has just struck three people that are listening and no one else. My, I said to my daughter the oh, other day. Right. You're <laughs>
1: absolutely right. I'm so old. Oh.
2: Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> not at all. But that's so funny. I no, I I just I really believe that there's. I I genuinely think, and I understand what you were saying before about doctors are in the moment, they're teaching it, they're they're not living it, but. If I could figure it out and I can find a way to pass it on to somebody else, because the podcast is all well and good, but I could line up hundreds of people for you who've called my house and we've had 45 minute conversations that have changed their entire perspective and put them on a new path. If, if I can do that, then certainly a doctor can do that. And yeah. and sure, maybe not everybody I've ever spoken to has gotten off the phone and been like, Wow my life has been changed. Some people are probably hung up and went, well that's not for me. And and I get that. But there's no okay. there's no reason not to present that information to people. Yeah. Y- you know. And,
2: yeah,
1: and I think I feel really fortunate because the university that I work at, two of the attending have type one also. So it's, it's like, and, and they teach the fellows. So they are teaching. So it's, it's a different, it's a really good setting for that. I feel like to get yep. to what it's really about, um, which I, I don't think everybody has to have diabetes to treat. I don't want that to be the message at all. No, but, it's um, but I think having a personal connection Um, and understanding and, and that's true with any aspect of anybody's job. If you can connect with people on a personal level and really try to understand what they're going through day to day. And if you can, um, you know, basically walk in their shoes, understand what's going on, whether you have type one or not, but just understand the, you know, what people are facing every single day and the decisions they have to make to stay in a good place, um,
0: is important. That you're not just reading to them from a manual. Which, as, as we talked about earlier, likely was written 20 years ago for technology that <laughs> nobody's using now. Okay. All right. I hear you. All right. Go to work. And, okay. um and, and everyone, please, Laura got on at 6.30 her time with me in the morning. Um, if someone said to me that there was a thousand dollars in my backyard, but I had to get it at six thirty in the morning and be showered and dressed, I'd say, you know what? How badly do I really need that money? And so, and Laura did this for free. And so thank you very much. I really appreciate you sharing your insight, especially with the work you do. Um, and I, I genuinely appreciate you getting up so early to do it too. So I, I really do. Uh, I, uh, I just want to say thank you.
1: Well, thanks for having me come and talk. I really appreciate it. But I want you to know that there are so many people that aren't reaching out to you that are also, I mean, I've someone from Mexico told me about your podcast. I mean, like you're reaching people all over and um, it's, it's just powerful. And I just want to thank you so that people can listen to these conversations and, and just feel like they're, they, they're not alone in these decisions they have to make every moment.
0: I appreciate that so much. It's so incredibly, uh, such a nice way for me to start my day. So, thank you. And and anytime someone mentions the podcast to them, please pass my thanks on. I really appreciate that they listened. I will. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. Long show, so I'm going to give you a short outro. Thanks so much to Omnipod Dexcom and Dancing for Diabetes for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Please go to myomnipod.com/box. Dexcom.com forward slash or dancing the number four diabetes.com. These links are available in the show notes of your podcast player at juiceboxpodcast.com. And by now I'm assuming seared into your brain because you've heard me say it so much. And even though they didn't buy an ad on this episode, if you find yourself at realgoodfoods.com, use the offer code juicebox to save 20% on your order. Thank you so much to Laura for coming on and being open and honest in this episode. I quite enjoyed our conversation. I hope you did too. We'll be back next week and every week with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.